0: I recently did a video interview with Edward Dowd, a gentleman who is the author of a book about excess deaths in 2021 and 2022. YouTube will not allow me to tell the truth about the COVID vaccines on their platform. That is their official policy. They censored me for telling the truth. So I'm going to try to figure out how to put the video interview up on Rumble but in the meantime, here is the audio. First, you'll hear us talking about the fires on Maui in Hawaii, since that's where Mr. Dowd lives. Then we talk about the vaccines and how hospitals were encouraged to kill people by denying them early treatment for COVID. Here you go. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. If you like what we do, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. That way, more people will find out about our content and you'll be notified every time we do a new video. Our guest today is Edward Dowd. He's a founding partner of Finance Technologies, that's finance spelled with a P-H, and author of the book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Now, if you saw Edward Dowd's interview with Tucker Carlson, Discussing excess mortality following COVID vaccination, you'll probably never forget it. If you're not on Twitter or X as it's now called, I would recommend that you get on it if for nothing else than to follow Mr. Dowd's news feed, which includes breaking news on a regular basis about adverse and sometimes deadly reactions to the COVID vaccines. And while we certainly are going to discuss that today, Mr. Dowd lives on the island of Maui in Hawaii, scene of the recent devastating fires. Mr. Dowd, thank you for coming on the Doc Washburn Show. Are you and your family okay?
1: Yes, we are. Everything uh, is fine here on Maui, except in La- the town of Lahaina, where there was the devastation. There was a little bit of a um, uh, mainstream media kerfluffle where they wanted to give the impression that the whole island was burning, which was not true to push their climate warming agenda. So. They then discourage tourists from coming, which has crashed the economy. And people here want tourists to come. Eighty percent of the island is open and unaffected.
0: So Lahaina, if I understand correctly, is on the southern coast of Maui. And the uh, the village you live in, uh, Kihai, I guess is how you say it, is kind of on the, 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 the western coast. How, how far are you away from where the damage was done?
1: So you flip those. So we're on the south side. Uh, uh, Lahaina is on the west side. Uh. And yeah, uh, that's okay. It's it it, it it it's confusing the way Maui's situated. But so uh, Lahaina is known as the west side, and there's a, a a lone highway that takes you to Lahaina. And from Kihei, it takes about uh, an hour with traffic to get to Lahaina.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So what does the rest of America need to know about? the fires on Maui, there are a lot of conspiracies, especially in conservative social media. And you're actually on the island. Were, were the Maui fires actually wildfires?
1: Uh, there, were de- there was definitely wildfires, but there was also arson. So there were three fire areas. There was Lahaina, which there was an actual, there, the winds were real. There were 90 mile an hour winds that caused power lines to go down and fires to start. There was fires up in Kula, which is, um, halfway up the volcano of Haleakala, there was also down power lines there. Then uh, in Kīhei, where there was another fire that started, that started later that evening. That was arson, uh, I believe. And I have uh, you know friends uh, w- that have friends that are eyewitness to people starting fires. So we've had an arson problem on Maui for a long time. Uh, but the two the two main fires were, uh, I believe, an act of God and down power lines for sure.
0: So we've heard stories of children being sent home from school amidst hurricane force winds. We've heard stories of the uh, the water commissioner, I guess, of the state of Hawaii um, saying, no, you don't need any water for the fires yet because we're concerned with equity and all this kind of stuff. Again, you're there. Is there anything to these stories?
1: so th- this is what we know these are the facts the fire hydrants didn't work they were either uh, didn't work due to maintenance issues and or lack of water but the fire the first responders the firefighters had no water so that was problem number one uh the, it it has been confirmed in some mainstream uh, media reports that that was a uh, a real issue that the uh the head of uh it's called DLNR. It's a, uh, uh, it's a land of, it, it, it's the parks services people Yeah, and they did not release the water. That's been, I think, confirmed by a couple of news outlets. So that, that also was a problem. Uh, there was also a lack of uh, response from the person in charge of the uh, sirens. We have sirens on Maui in every town they went off yesterday. There's, they test them the first Monday of every month. Uh, at uh, right around noontime, and they blare the sirens that are quite loud and they're tsunami sirens. But there's also, uh, um, on the website, it was stated there's other reasons they blow them terrorists, attacks, fires, you name it. And uh, it, it, the first news reports were that they were not operative, which was turned out to be a lie, they were operative. And then it came out that the person responsible for sounding the alarm thought uh, that uh, it was best not to sound the alarm because he. Uh, his claim was that people would run to higher ground wh- where he believed the fires were. So they did not even sound the alarm. So there was no warning for those that were not aware there was a fire. Um, there were down power lines. The power uh, should have been shut off. And then supposedly stories were coming out. It came back on, and that's how the fire started that afternoon. Um, there were uh, confusion with escape routes and and uh, reports of uh, police blocking roads uh, under orders. And again. The first responders, from what I've heard, did what they could and they were uh, taking orders. So I, I don't I don't blame anybody that was doing what they were told. But, you know, they, the only thing they could blame for is maybe uh, when they saw what was going on, you know, disobeying the orders. Uh, but that, that that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't blame any first responders. This is a classic uh, local government mismanagement. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And, uh, and they did, they sent the kids home. Uh, the winds were so bad and the power was out in the morning, uh, that they sent the kids, uh, they, they, they told them not to go to school. So they weren't, I don't, they, they, they didn't even go to school. They canceled school in the morning. So kids were at home. And, and look, there's a lot of theories about lasers and DEWs, directed energy weapons. Let's let's let the reason why the government's responding the way it's responding. And there seems to be a lack of, um, um, of, uh, transparency is a lot of children died and they want to keep that under wraps. And that's the simplest explanation. It's a abysmal local government failure. Everything that went wrong could have gone wrong. And there a lot of dead children, the official body count is only at 114. Uh, there are still over a thousand people missing, many of which are children. We don't have a number yet on the children. I've heard uh, numbers uh, anywhere from hundred to 400. Again, I don't know, but uh, there are children missing for sure.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because that's another thing that we've heard is that there are a lot more people missing, most of them juveniles, than the official death count. Um, another story that has come out is, and again, I'm just checking to see what you know about the veracity of this stuff since you live on that island. Uh, another story that has come out is that, you know, that, that one road out of Lahaina that you mentioned uh, was blocked. Uh, people were trying to get out in their uh, personal vehicles and were being stopped by local authorities. Is, is there anything to that?
1: Yeah, that, that seems to be true, but there's, there's also, uh, um, you know, the reason they may have blocked it is because uh, there were down power lines ahead. Again, I've not heard uh, whether that's been confirmed, but that, that would be a plausible reason why they didn't want people to drive over live power lines. So there's, you know, I, I don't think, any police officer intentionally did anything wrong? Uh, I think. I think. I, and Lahaina is it, there's there's only one there's two roads. There's the main road through uh, what was called Front Street, and then about you know seven, six, seven years ago, they built the Lahaina overpass. And the fire originally started in the overpass, uh, and so they shut that down. So there was there was there was I think a lack of communication. Uh, any again anything that that could have gone wrong did so. Do I think it was a, a plot to kill people? No, I think it was it was just, uh, you know, the the, the the cell phones weren't working. It was a disaster.
0: Mismanagement and incompetence. Um, I saw a, a clip from the CBS uh, morning news shortly after the, the fires, um, and they talked to Mick Fleetwood, uh, drummer and leader of Fleetwood Mac, who uh, had a bar there in Lahaina and, of course, has a nice place to live you know, a few miles away. He said, yeah, it was terrible. It was tragic. We're going to rebuild. But of course it being the morning show for a network, they're not going to talk about the concerns people have for the incompetence and mismanagement and, and mostly mainstream media isn't going to. Uh, So, you know, I appreciate you sharing this with our, our viewers. I guess the important thing also to ask is how can people help? Because apparently I mean there's still people who are homeless and are having to uh to relocate to to other islands.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of individuals that were displaced. I've heard 20,000 people have been displaced. That's the number that I've been told and that's a lot of people. And you know the age should go directly to these people uh when the fires first started, I Uh, Someone, uh, three individuals collected a list of personal GoFundmes that they vetted as best they could to make sure there weren't any scammers, and I put that on my Twitter. It's still out there. If you go scroll back in at Doubt Edward on Twitter, or now called X, uh, you can find the link to those GoFundmes. It's uh, it's around August, uh, between August eighth and tenth, I think I put the list out, but it's it's in my
0: feed. Very good, very good. Thank you for. talking to us about that because, you know, this is a totally different topic than what we were going to talk about when we first scheduled this interview. Okay. So you worked on wall street for many years and you saw fraud up close on numerous occasions. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that prepared you to have a unique perspective when the COVID hysteria hit in 2020? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, fraud is a big part of the history of capitalism, and it, 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 it usually – I'll come to the conclusion it usually uh, gets exposed at the end of easy money cycles. Uh, easy money cycles create um, economic stimulation, and they leave the punch bowl out too long and eventually turns into fraud. And my, The earliest fraud I saw was uh, in the early 90s. I was an um, institutional uh, fixed income salesperson for HSBC. And there was uh, a number of scandals that uh, occurred by keeping interest rates too low, then raising them, and that blew things up. Um, so easy money creates excess, then they take away the punch bowl, and then, and then you know, the people that are uh, uh, naked are exposed. And one of the exposures was in, the, in Orange County. Uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a, pen- there's a, there's a uh, local pension there that was investing in what was called step, step-up bonds. And there were bonds that gave you extra yield, uh, assuming interest rates didn't go up. And if they did go up, the duration or the, the length of that bond would extend. So they this 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 uh, this official was buying two year bonds uh, with higher yields for, and he was trying to he was trying he was reaching for yield, but he was going against his, uh, you know his he didn't know the risk he was undertaking, and it blew up. Orange County lost billions of dollars. And the reason I know this is because the best salesperson in our in our firm and the best salesperson in all the other firms was the guy in California who was selling to the Orange County guy. So, you know, Wall Street was making a ton of money selling this guy uh, exotic bonds that he didn't quite understand uh, that when interest rates were raised by the Federal Reserve, you know, a couple of years later, blew up and he lost a ton of money. Kidder Peabody also blew up. Uh, Kidder Peabody used to be an investment bank. It was a storied investment bank. Nobody remembers it anymore, but it was one of the big investment banks. And a trader, uh, 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 I think uh, uh, Jim Jett or Jeff Jett, I forget his name, but he he was a trader, a bond trader, and he hid bonds. It was before computers captured everything. He hid trades in his desk drawer. So he was taking risk. And Kidder Peabody didn't know how much, he, billions of dollars of risk, and Kidder Kid Peabody went uh, bankrupt because of this uh, this oversight. So. I saw, I, saw, I saw how greed uh, warped people. So that was my first introduction to fraud. You roll forward to uh, the dot-com boom. Uh, I was on Wall Street. At, uh, I went to business school, Indiana University, got my MBA in finance, went straight to Wall Street to an investment bank called Donaldson, Lufkin and Jenrette. And I was an electric util- utility analyst, junior analyst, doing electric utility research. And down the hall was the Internet gang. Uh, the internet analyst and his junior associates. And the first thing you need to know about that, it was such a boom that, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money because I was a young guy uh, working on electric utilities, which are boring. Uh, And DLJ uh, paid uh, parts of investment banking fees directly to research at the time. So the guys down the hall, you know, guys my age, I was, was, you know, 30 at the time, were making a million dollars a year as junior analysts. I've made nowhere near close to that money, and and their senior analyst, the guy ran the the uh, the business. He was making you know fifteen, you know eighteen million dollars a year. And what were they doing? They were they were uh, doing initial public offerings of companies with no revenues. And there was something in in the investment banking world that used to be called due diligence. And it was kind of understood that you know before you would IPO a company, it had to have you know things that we like cash flow. And revenues, and you know, crazy, just crazy, but
0: just so crazy it might work. And, and you know, while we're at it, something you mentioned a couple of uh, minutes ago Um, let the record reflect that hiding trades in one's desk drawer is generally frowned upon in polite society. Am am, am I correct on that?
1: You are correct.
0: All right, okay, right ahead.
1: That's a big no no. Um, uh, And, uh, and so, so, I saw, I saw them pumping out these companies with, and, and the metrics they were using at the time were eyeballs. So they had eyeballs. So these companies had no revenues, no cash flows, but there was easy, you're going to remember it was easy money uh, in the late nineties because the federal reserve was worried about Y2K. So they kept, they kept the, the money spigot on too long. So these stocks initially went up and then when they pulled the punch bowl away, they went to zero because they had no revenues. And uh so I saw that fraud and then, and then that fraud rolled into corporate fraud. Uh, WorldCom was playing games with, uh, accounting Enron was playing games with accounting. Um, there was a, a number of other, uh, uh, Windstar was another one. It was a, it was a, a company that was selling long distance and they, they also went bankrupt and there was a lot of accounting fraud. So fraud, uh, fraud, accounting fraud. Uh, Appeared in corporate America. So I saw that. I saw that was engineered. And then I went to BlackRock in 2002 to become a portfolio manager uh, of a large cap growth fund. And you roll forward a couple of years, you know, I'd already been a seasoned veteran of understanding how this game works. I saw what was going on in the housing market. I was not, you know, someone that, you know, made billions of dollars, but I was able to help. And my partner and I and some, and our analysts, we came to the conclusion the housing. Uh, bubble was going to burst, and we would be very bad for our portfolio. So we did the best we could. We lost less money than other people because um, we couldn't go short. So we we were long only fund. So we we did better than most. Um, but we saw that coming too because you know the 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 the, the, ref- the all these frauds have a refrain, and the dot com fraud fraud it was uh, it's a new paradigm that that turned out not to be correct. In the in the housing bubble, it was home prices never go down. Well, all you had to do was Google home prices uh, going down, and you could see that home prices have gone down in the past. And the leverage was so big, if, uh, we calculated that if home prices only went down 4%, it would blow everything up. So that's what happened. And then, you know, we saw uh, the, the central banks basically cover up that fraud. That fraud never disappeared, by the way. Those bonds that were all garbage are still sitting on the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. Um, that, that's what people, yeah. So that's what people don't understand. It was the fraud got so big. It was banking says it was the fraud was so big. Every bank was infected by it. They had to, you know, that's why we had the the bailouts we had, and not one banker went to jail. So you roll forward to this COVID situation, and I immediately started seeing strange things right away and realized that maybe this is an, uh, a, the fraud had gone from uh, uh, corporate America to banks. Now it was at central banks and governments. So here we are. They just Easy money and the system that we're in just kind of creates the uh, the 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 soup or the sausage for fraud to occur. And we know that that COVID billionaires were made. We do know that uh, these mandates enriched Pfizer and Moderna. We do know that uh, a lot of the media companies, mainstream media companies, were enriched by the advertising uh, spend from the drug companies. We know the tech companies were excited about. You know, monitoring revenue streams. You got to remember that they wanted to basically surveil us, and we're supposed to be up to date every quarter with our passport, But that thankfully fell apart. So you know, the, the 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 ingredients for fraud. I saw them right away, and then I then when the vaccine came out, and I started hearing about all the adverse events anecdotally because of my background in statistics. I said, well, you know, unfortunately they're anecdotes, but if I'm correct, this will eventually show up in uh, non-government databases as well, and it did. It showed up in the insurance company results, funeral home results, and 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 it's and and the excess all cause mortality is in the databases of the governments, but they just don't talk about
0: it. So, if I understand you correctly, um, and for those of my viewers who, like me, are financial neophytes, one of the things that you saw um, uh, a familiar. As you would say, refrain from the dot com bubble to the housing bubble to the COVID hysteria is being told, Ed, 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 you, you don't understand. There's a whole new paradigm now and, and, and the rules that have applied since time immemorial about finance. You, you gotta, you gotta disregard those. You gotta throw those out. And you're saying, uh, well, I don't think so because you can't present to me a logical case. You can't use linear reasoning on why the basic rules of of finance and money no longer apply just because you're excited about this.
1: Correct. And so the refrain was, uh, it's a new paradigm in in the dot-com. The refrain in the housing bubble was home prices never go down. And the refrain in the COVID bubble was safe and effective. Safe and effective, which we now know, both of which are not true at all. And the safety part of it is tragic.
0: Our interview with Edward Dowd, author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, continues in just a moment. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom. Freedom including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental U.S. RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does... Your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. 501-279-2009 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says, find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. Mike Lindell says, because of your amazing support for Pillow 2.0, He's expanded My Pillows USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King size percale bed sheets only $39 a set. Queen size only $35 a set. Full size $29 and twin size just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once in a lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest my slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all season my slippers and sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all season moccasin slippers are just $25. Mike's my slipper sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember DWS stands for doc. Washburn show Mypillow.com quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices. So please order. Now just use promo code D W S. Now here's more of our conversation with Edward Dowd. One of the things that at the time president Trump was bragging about was operation warp speed. Look, it usually takes three to five years to go through all the red tape to roll out vaccines. Well, based on what he was told by Fauci and Burks, and who knows who else, um, Gottlieb, you know, who's in and out of the government and Pfizer or whatever, who knows who else. He's told millions of people are going to die. We got to cut all the red tape. We got to roll these out as quickly as possible. And then Biden comes in and, and you know, just rolls with what uh, what Trump had started. Is that part of the problem there?
1: Yeah. So when the vaccines first uh, were announced in November of 2020, personally, I said to myself, I understood three things, and and this is before any of the an- I started hearing any of the anecdotes. I wasn't going to take the vaccine. Number one, under principle, that I'm just not going to take any vaccine that you tell me to take. That's number one. Number two, um, it was a new, novel technology that had never been tested on humans. And in all the studies uh, on the rats, they died. So that that was problematic for me right from the get-go. Uh, the other thing I knew is normally, in normal times, it takes seven to 10 years of, of safety studies before they approve a vaccine and stick it in the arms of humans. So they were gonna, A, it was new, a new novel technology. B, it was, uh, let's, we're, we're not gonna do the normal te- testing. And then third, operation warp speed. And when I heard that, you know, look, uh, I was a Trump supporter his first two uh, times. he re- uh, when it, I, I, I voted for him in 16 and I voted for him in 20. But uh, I'm also a critical thinker. And that sounded like a horrendously stupid idea because I know a lot about manufacturing processes. And I know that you cannot scale up something that was done in the lab to billions of doses without making some uh, costly mistakes. And what we're finding out now is a lot of the vaccines may have been not not only is the the delivery system, the lipid nanoparticle problem, and and the mRNA. It's also the, the a lot of the doses were contaminated with DNA in the in this manufacturing process. So the, it, I knew those three things. It was a disaster from the get. So I personally, I said I'll wait, and I was hoping that the thing would be okay. But it turned out very quickly. I started hearing anecdotes, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. I think is because I uh, you know I'm just applying my financial skill set of following trends. Uh, to this. And the trends look like stock stock charts. The disability charts that I talk about look like stock, like they look like growth stocks. The excess mortality looks like a growth stock. So that's what I do.
0: Analyze trends. Yeah. And I, I want to get to some more of that, but uh, in, in a moment, but some of the things that just were logically inconsistent, like the CDC for months saying that they did not yet recommend vaccines for kids under six, but pregnant women, you're good to go as if we're supposed to ignore the biological fact that whatever the pregnant woman ingests, her baby's going to get some of and, People were just horrified. I mean, forget about Democrat or Republican, uh, liberal or conservative, whatever. Anybody who's paying attention to that is going to be horrified. But the problem is most people have lives and uh, tend to be trusting and just are not going to put two and two together. Right.
1: Yeah. What's was interesting about what you said about pregnant women is prior to COVID-19 vaccines. For, for, for forever, doctors would recommend to women who are pregnant, don't get any vaccines, any. You, you do not give a vaccine to a pregnant woman. But then mysteriously, it was okay to give a COVID vaccine out of nowhere, which, had, you know, the, the, this, this defied, uh, you know, standard protocol for years. And, and, and when I heard that, 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 that you know, I, I knew that that was a fact that if you're pregnant, they, you know, you're not supposed to eat tuna, okay, because it might have mercury. But, you you know, so certainly doctors prior to COVID-19 were recommending don't get any vaccines while you're pregnant. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this is okay. It made zero sense. And that was was one of the red flags. There were so many red flags. Uh, You know, the other thing that I don't think people understand is that in order to get a a vaccine approved under emergency authorization, you need there to be no other available Uh, products on the market that can treat the illness. So that's why hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were demonized. And they do work. And there's lots of studies that suggest they work. And I know doctors who have saved millions, not millions, but hundreds, you know, thousands of people with these uh, with these drugs. So they needed to suppress any early treatments to make way for the vaccine. So there was clearly an agenda to get the vaccine as the only solution. And then you have to ask, well, why were they pushing this? Well, there's two reasons, potentially. Maybe greed and power and or creating, uh, you know, a, a regimen where you, st- you, have, you need vaccine passports and that leads to a digital ID and then it leads to a central bank digital currency. So there's all sorts of agendas in the vaccine that could introduce all sorts of other things. So to my, to my, to my mind, none of this made any sense. And, it, uh, and I was just horrified watching this all go down.
0: Now, the New York Post has reported Anthony Fauci and his former boss, Francis Collins, who's the head of the NIH for many years, collected an estimated three hundred twenty five million dollars in pharmaceutical royalties related to covid. Um, Is this as simple as follow the money?
1: I'm not sure they personally received that. I know their departments did and they probably got a big chunk of it somehow. But, yeah, follow the money. I mean, this, you know, people want to get into, like, I wasn't in the room, but, you know, power, greed, and corruption have been with humanity for for eons. So, you don't really need to go down the rabbit hole too far just to say, once they saw the opportunity, they seized the bull by the horns to enrich themselves. It's it's almost that simple.
0: Senator Rand Paul, also a doctor, had Anthony Fauci under oath a while back, probably a year or so ago, and asked him specifically, Did you personally have you personally received any money, any royalties for vaccines? And of course, the response was something along the lines of, Senator Paul, I do not, I resent that question and I do not have to answer it. And if anyone is lying here, it is you, Senator Paul. You don't understand anything, you know, that, that basically the, the, the bluster. So, like you say, Maybe the majority of it went to uh the n i a i d or the n i h but they 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 got they had to get chunks of it
1: well so i think uh, it's been reported and correct me if I'm wrong that Anthony fauci's net worth is somewhere around eleven million uh, oh, no. I, I i don't you know I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money for a government official to have a net worth of eleven million that I'm just saying.
0: Yeah even though he was the highest paid government official um at 400,000 a year still that's how do you get from a to b on that
1: No you, no I, I, you could be making 400,000 for 20 years and unless you're the most savvy investor on the planet you're not going to end up with 11 million that's just that's just the, the way it goes
0: Yeah Yeah so what did you think when you saw Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin Collapse on Field, Monday Night Football, National Television back on January 2nd of this year.
1: Yeah. So when that first happened, everybody wanted to talk. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people wanted me to comment on it. And I did. And I said, we don't comment uh, on individual cases because, again, I don't know. But I can direct you to the fact that this phenomenon has been occurring all over the world since 2021 began. And in my book, uh, we referenced the Lusane study out of Switzerland that over 38 years documented 1,101 cases of sudden athletic deaths on the field. Now, DeMar didn't die, but, you know, he collapsed. And uh, this, this, this sudden athletic death phenomenon did occur before 2021, but it was so rare. So I just told you a study, uh, 38 years, 1,101, that's, that, that's an average of 29 a year. Since 2021, we'd be lucky to have a month, a month, which is 29. So we've had months with over a hundred of these sudden athletic deaths across the globe. And it's tragic, you know, there's hundreds of examples, news stories in my book. And so that, that again, if you're a statistics guy like myself, what's changed? Did it occur before? Sure. But the frequency is 10 to 20 times higher now. That's odd. And that's alarming. So. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to get wrapped up in the how dare you talk about Damar Hamlin's vaccine status, which I didn't know, nor do I care. But he is illustrative of a phenomenon that's occurring. What I find funny about all this is they trotted him out said he's going to play, but guess what? He's not playing now. Isn't that interesting?
0: Well, some of the things because I I really went down the rabbit hole on Damar Hamlin, and from everything I read, number one, um. Buffalo Bills players all had to be vaccinated. Number two, they did CPR on him for nine minutes, and there were three hundred pound football players sitting on the sidelines. Sorry, um, openly weeping with towels over the faces because they they knew he was gone. A couple of days later, Damar Hamlin's uncle is. Interviewed, and he's saying, not only did they had to uh, do the defibrillator on the field, they had to do it again at the ER. So the thing that all the deniers were saying, oh, well, this is something called commotio cordis, and it happens when you get hit real hard. Well, no, then you only have to do the defibrillator once. And then again, when uh, Michael Strahan interviews him later on the pregame of the Super Bowl. And Strahan's like, God bless you. You know, so wonderful that, that you've been able to come back from this. And so what did the doctors tell you? 13 seconds of silence. And then DeMar finally says, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that today. So to me, there's just too much there. But as you have mentioned, that's the case of the famous guy. But this is happening to so many people. I saw on your Twitter feed uh, something about a young lady who's like a homecoming queen in Alabama uh, within the last couple of days who just dropped dead.
1: Yeah. A homecoming queen, 17 years old, drops dead, uh, I guess, on the field during the homecoming uh, event. I mean, th- th- this this look, you know, where you got to start believing your eyes. You know, we, we know this isn't normal. It, it's, it, it's not normal at this frequency and it's happening uh, all too often. Yeah. You, know, you know, I'm sure you've seen the comedian who was making fun of uh, those who didn't take their vaccine who, who, who fell backwards and slammed her head onto the... People thought it was part of the joke. She, she literally passed out on stage. Um, you know, we see these videos of government officials passing out and keeling over. We saw, I think a month ago, an ESPN uh, uh, guy pass out. I mean, this is happening all the time.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And it is, it is alarming. And the irony is, I think, well, one of the many ironies is that one of the things that was originally done, I think, uh, to, try, to try to scare us, to try to propagandize us was there were videos when the media was first telling us about COVID. There are videos out of China of in early 2020 of people supposedly dropping dead from COVID, just walking down the street and all of a sudden dropping dead from COVID. And people are like, whoa, this looks serious. And, you know, eventually you find out that is COVID bad? Sure. Um, can it kill you? Yeah. Um, but is that the way it works? Just you're you're just fine. And then suddenly you drop dead. Oh, no, not a chance. Not a chance.
1: And, yeah, and- let me talk about those videos. That's interesting yeah. to bring that up. So when COVID uh, started to uh, come onto the scene, I'm a I'm a Wall Street guy. I pride myself in getting information first. So in, in the beginning of January, I was aware that COVID was coming. And I saw these videos uh, from China on Twitter. And I felt for them. Okay. And I was in fear of COVID. uh, And I, and I went to Costco a month before anybody on the island of Maui even knew what COVID was. And I was telling people something's coming. And then everybody, then, then the media told them to be afraid. And everyone immediately went out and went to Costco. I'd already done that. So I was, I was ahead of the curve on that. And then quickly within four weeks, I started to really doubt what was going on. And it's come out that those videos that were floating around were Chinese propaganda. They were nonsense. They, that was not true. And, and, and that was a part of the PSYOP was to create fear.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, I was very fearful at first myself because I don't want to be, I don't want to be too specific here, but uh, a member of my extended family is an epidemiologist. And this person was warning me early on. You know, because this person was totally believing everything that was coming down the pike. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then eventually, you know, by, I guess, late spring, early summer of 2020, I was asking questions that, you know, this person couldn't answer. And that's when I got to be really, really skeptical about it. But, you know, um, Jeffrey Tucker and some of the people of the Brownstone Institute have done a lot of writing about this. and. Um, most people think that Dr. Fauci was in charge of the COVID response at the White House is actually Dr. Deborah Burks, you know, who was always up there speaking, also. And Scott Atlas said that when Trump brought him in, it took him quite a while to figure out how Burks got the job because she didn't have any experience in this field whatsoever. And he realized that Trump didn't hire her. And it turns out that a guy named Matthew Pottinger who was a deputy national security advisor and in a former life as a journalist has spent many years in China. He's the guy that hired her. And then when she comes out with, with her book saying, well, we knew the vaccines weren't going to work. And I, every week as we were doing our reports was going behind Trump's back and doing all kinds of stuff that he would not have approved. And you're just like, okay, wait, does anybody ever get held accountable uh, for this? And I, I don't know. I mean, you 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 know a lot more about this stuff than I do. I, I'm not sure if you're, you know, uh, know about that particular part of it. But um, is anybody ever going to be held accountable?
1: I certainly hope so. And I am aware of that uh, admission in her book. Yeah, and it just it, it it's beyond the pale. Yeah. And you know, one thing I want to point out to people. Again, I, I pulled the 180 on this COVID thing, and um, it was April 5th of 2020. And what really clued me in, because I'm in the world of finance, is on April 5th of 2020, on Face the Nation, there was a uh, James Bullard, the president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve. He's one of the you know, board members of the Federal Reserve and heads up the St. Louis branch. He get, he's on Face the Nation, and, and they asked him in April, the lockdowns had just happened. They ask him, well, people are scared. How are we going to restart the economy? You know, and he's like, he's, he said, well, the good news is we have new technology and we can issue immunity badges and you could test every day. And there's surveillance technology. And, and I, I heard that. I go, why is a Federal Reserve banker talking about this? And that's when my eyes opened wide up. I'm like, there's something else going on here. And of course, they memory hold that. That didn't fly, that, did, that didn't go too well because immunity badges sound like gold stars. Uh, so oh, yeah. they had, to, you, know, imagine, you, know, you know, you know the Nazi gold star thing. So that they, they memory hold that. And I started saying vaccine passports are coming in 2020. I said that and people said I was a crazy conspiracy theorist. You will roll, roll forward to 21. By the summer of 2021, we had vaccine mandates. You can't make, make up how ridiculous this all was.
0: Yeah, the, the first thing that got my attention was because I was totally believing everything, again, based on what I've been told by a person that I've known for many years, a family member who is an epidemiologist. But then when the state of New York announced sometime in the spring of 2020 uh that there were 3,000 people who had died and had not been tested for COVID before they died, but they were going to count them as having Uh, died from COVID because they're, they're pretty sure they probably did. And then a little bit later on, I found out there's a big difference between died with COVID and died from COVID. And the CDC had finally admitted when we're at about 180,000 official COVID deaths in the country, that 94% of those had an average of 2.6 other comorbidities and only 6% they knew just had COVID. I'm like, well, what are, what is this all about then? And, and I didn't have the benefit of of your financial expertise, and, and you're looking at all kinds of facts and figures. I was just kind of going basically on what was being reported out there in the in in the news, and and most people to this day think that probably over a million Americans die from COVID. They have no idea that when it was a hundred eighty thousand, the CDC said, yeah, only six percent for sure died from COVID. The rest died with COVID. Most people have, have no idea.
1: Yeah. It became apparent to me early on, they were padding the numbers and cl- it was bureaucratic classification that uh, everything, you know, the system was um, wanting COVID to, to be real. So that the bureaucrats uh, padded the numbers Yeah, and, 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 and you know, was it, was there a plan to do that? Who knows? But, if you're a bureaucrat and you want a budget and you want as much money as possible, you you take advantage of the crisis and you and you make you, you know you just throw everybody in, in, in the kitchen sink who died into the COVID bucket. I mean, we we have reports of people who had motorcycle accidents died and they were considered COVID deaths. We, I mean, that's that's been verified. The padding of the numbers made made it almost ridiculous to analyze, and that's why we never tried to you know, uh, go deep, drill down into who had COVID, who didn't, because the numbers are garbage. So we just look at all cause mortality and it's, it's a joke. And and the big, the biggest thing that people need to understand that I point out in my book is about 500,000 Americans did die excessively. Excess deaths is above, you know, what's expected.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but in 2020, it was mostly old people. Then in 2021, there was a mysterious mix shift to younger folks. So, You know, I blame the vaccines, obviously, because let's let's be honest. I've never heard of a virus that uh, decides to kill old old people in year one and go after young, employed people in year two. And it was mostly employed people uh, that 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 got the brunt of the excess deaths. It's not it's not uh, the general U.S. population. the 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 disability and and death rates are higher in the employed than the unemployed. So it's a joke.
0: Yeah, interesting uh, turn of phrase there. uh, A virus that decided to do something because. When the mask mandates first came out, I'll never forget the uh, governor of Arkansas, a guy named Asa Hutchinson, who has discredited himself in a a number of ways, quite publicly. Um, But about COVID, he made it very clear. Now, when you go to a restaurant, of course, you have to wear your mask until you sit down and make your drink order, and then you can take the mask off. And I was ridiculing him on my talk radio show in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, so the COVID vaccine is polite. And as long as you follow the rules, leave the mask on until after you make your drink order, then you'll be good. And the COVID vaccine will let let you alone. And he also said, and of course, we're going to have to close up the bars and and, and restaurants at 10 p.m. sharp. I'm like, oh, so it's nocturnal also? Well, who knew? I mean, just the insanities that we were supposed to believe. Um, And then, of course, the states like uh, uh, New York and Cali, uh, Jersey, I think, and a couple others who were forcing nursing homes to take active COVID patients. I'll never forget because I used to fill in for a Mark Levin's national radio show. And he had a call one time when he was doing the show from a lady who was a nursing home operator in New York. And she was in tears because the New York health department was forcing them to take people who had active cases of COVID and they had no way to separate them from regular elderly people. So, um, it was, it was horrifying. What, what yeah.
1: The- That's well, I heard those stories and, you know, there there was going to be an investigation of Cuomo, Cuomo and that, and then mysteriously the a sex scandal comes out and they remove him from the scene. I think that was uh, ginned up so that he wouldn't have to talk about what went down there. I mean, clearly, there were certain states, mostly blue states, that jammed uh, COVID patients into nursing homes, and that inflated the numbers. Again, I wasn't in the room, but as, from my eye, that looked like murder to me. But you know, again, I'm not a prosecutor, and I wasn't there. But it seems like the stupidest thing on the planet to do that. And then let's not forget, the, the, the reasoning was, oh, we don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. Well, they were making TikTok videos of themselves dancing. It seems like they had a lot of free time
0: on their hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, speaking of murder, um, intentionally um, downplaying, intentionally denigrating not only hydroxychloroquine, but ivermectin. I'll never forget seeing Dr. Pierre Corey's testimony, um, Senator Ron Johnson from his same state there, Wisconsin. Had him testify in, um, it must have been December of 2020, a couple of days before I was going to fill in for Mark Levin and I, I played that, that testimony. But again, it goes back to what you were saying emergency use authorization. If you can make a clear and compelling case that ivermectin would protect people or even help cure people of COVID, then legally, you can't push these vaccines out, right? Correct.
1: That's that, that 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 therein lies. You know, look, I've done a lot of work on post twenty uh, twenty excess mortality, but a, a good case could be made that a lot of the deaths in twenty twenty could have been prevented. Could have been prevented. Yeah. So, so there were two. There were two pandemics. There was uh, the pandemic in twenty twenty and uh, the prevention of early treatment that in my humble opinion, excessively killed a lot of people. And then there was the second pandemic of the vaccines in 2021 that started killing young people. So here we go. There we
0: go. Yeah. And, you know, and you were talking about the blue States forcing COVID patients who clearly were sick, because one of the crazy things about COVID is a lot of times you don't know if you have it unless you do this PCR test, which uh, the guy who created said, it's not designed to tell if you're sick or you have a virus. But anyway, a lot of people didn't even have any any symptoms, but yeah, you got it. You better quarantine, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, when you get it, when you really get it, you know you have it, whether it's a mild case or a severe case. And the blue state's forcing these people into the uh, the nursing homes and sounds like murder to me. Now I'm in a red state. I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I don't know if they forced uh active COVID patients in the nursing homes. But what I do know is that I asked the director of the Arkansas Health Department at one point, I said, yeah, it looks like you got uh, 38% of the COVID deaths who are people in nursing homes. Um, Do you keep track of people who got the COVID in nursing homes and then went to the hospital and died there? And the answer was, nope. Of course not. Which goes what you're saying about in 2020, most of your COVID deaths were senior citizens, uh, a lot of whom were past life, ex- you know, statistical life expectancy in- anyway.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of people who died that were mostly old in 2020. Yeah. That's in the numbers, and they had comorbidities. Yeah, one of the, one of the things about 2020 that people need to understand is prior to the quote unquote vaccine, one of the standard protocols you would go to the emergency room because you had difficulty breathing, but you weren't yet so bad they needed to put you on a ventilator. What they would tell you is go home, and uh, if it gets worse, come back. Oh, yeah. So, but, what, you know, some doctors on Maui were doing, and all across the country were giving, you know, giving people ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, and there was a, pro- there was a protocol, vitamins, vitamin D, maybe a Z-pack, and that was preventing people from going to the hospital. Had they done that, uh, we wouldn't have seen all these people on ventilators dying. It turns out ventilation uh, and remdesivir killed a lot of these old people, unfortunately.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think this is a little bit different than the uh, the fires on Maui, where there was a lot of incompetence and stuff. There was enough out there about the ventilators and about the remdesivir. Somebody knew what they were doing. It sounds like murder to me.
1: Well, let's think about the incentives the hospitals were getting. You remember, there was a payment incentive. There was if you if someone came to the hospital and they tested positive for COVID, the hospital got nine grand for that. Yeah, and then, and then if they put them on a ventilator, they got thirty grand. And if they died, I think they got some other rem- amount of money. So like it was like a, a scaling system of uh, uh, greater payouts until death. So yeah. you know what do you what, what kind of incentive system is that? Whether or not you know the doctors are consciously it, it's a it's it's the incentive system was to kill people. Unfortunately,
0: I had a friend who was a family law attorney in Little Rock, Arkansas, and she showed up at a clinic associated with a major hospital in this city uh, because she was sick. And they said, yep, you got COVID. Go on home. Come back if it gets worse. Three or four days later, her daughter had to drive her back. She was in such bad shape. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. You missed the three-day window of opportunity uh, to be treated. But we'll go ahead and admit you and put you in a bed. And I guess eventually they put her on a ventilator. And three weeks later, she was dead. They send these people home and they don't tell them there's anything you can do or take in in the meantime. And yeah, it sounds like murder to me. The conclusion of our interview with Edward Dowd, author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 is coming right up. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn silver coin and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. If you want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Yeah, let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as never, ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buy at proton.me and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. And now the conclusion of our interview with Edward Dowd. Let me ask you, Governor DeSantis has impaneled a grand jury in Florida to investigate the whole deal with the vaccines, but the federal government passed a law back in the eighties that by and large shields the pharmaceutical companies from lawsuits. So what can actually be done to hold these institutions accountable?
1: Well, look, if they can prove that the clinical trial was done fraudulently fraud, vitiates all contracts. So look, a lot of what went on in the, in, in the clinical trials smells like fraud to me. And, you know, we, on our website, Finance Technologies, investigate the Pfizer uh, filing uh, of that clinical trial that, by the way, wanted to be hidden for 75 years. But thankfully, we we analyzed it, and the severe adverse events were of such an enormous proportion that it's the same order of magnitude of what we're seeing in the uh, general U.S. population when it comes to death and disability. So the clinical trial had so many severe adverse events, it should have been shut down for safety reasons. So the clinical trial itself, I suspect, will be uh, – eventually it will come out. There was fraud there. And your Brooke Jackson was a whistleblower. She was a head of a couple testing centers, she, and she was responsible for 1,000 patients of the 44,000-patient study. She said they unblinded the study, which, if it's unblinded, means the results are garbage. So you, even with just her 1,000 patients, the math worked where it could have skewed the results on just her 1,000. But if you think that her testing sites were the only ones, I doubt it. So. We're going to find out eventually, and it could be decades later, that the the clinical trials were likely fraudulent, in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah. So uh, for those of us who don't know, uh, what is a blind study? What is an unblinded study?
1: Well, when you you have a placebo, which is uh, a non-COVID vaccine, then you have the COVID vaccine. And the patients are not, the doctors who administer these drugs are not supposed to know which patient got which but when they were unblinded, the doctors knew. So when a patient would come in uh, with COVID or something, uh, and they knew that, and it said on the chart that they took the vaccine, they may not, they may have been incentivized to say, well, or biased to say, well, it's probably nothing and not report it. So that, when you when you're unblind a study, the results are garbage.
0: Yeah, and the, the you know, interesting you mentioned that because, If I recall reading correctly, if somebody would have an adverse reaction, um, to the vaccine, a lot of times they wouldn't count it unless it had been 14 days since the vaccine. That's number one. Um, this government website, the vaccine adverse event reporting system is voluntary. So, you know, somebody could, could have a, a horrible reaction to the vaccine, and the hospital or clinic or whatever doesn't have to report it. I mean, there are all kinds of loopholes that I think have made it a lot easier for the mainstream media to calm everybody down and to just ignore this whole issue, right?
1: Yeah, so if you uh, early in the early days, if you uh, died after the vaccine uh, and you died in the hospital from your reaction or whatever. If it was under 14 days, the hospital uh, was under no, no obligation to report your, your status of vaccination at all. You are considered unvaccinated to them. Yeah. And, yeah. and you remember, it was a, a two-course shot regimen. So you get one, first shot, then second shot for the initial dose. A lot of people never made it past the first dose.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So your book, of course, is called... Cause unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who wrote just a a book that's a damning indictment of Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course, is running for the Democrat nomination for president. Um, You are in interest of full disclosure, co-treasurer of his campaign, did Mr. Kennedy's work on the COVID issue draw to support his political efforts?
1: Yeah. So, you know, why am I with Bobby Kennedy? Uh, his, his platform is freedom first, medical autonomy and freedom of speech. Uh, do I agree with him on every, every issue? No, but that's, he's the only candidate that seems to be interested in those two things. And without those two things, I don't, I don't think we have a country personally. So that's why I'm on board. And, uh, support him. And I'm glad that he decided to go independent because, you know, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent, but now he's an independent. So that that fits, that fits better with me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think the concern a lot of people have is that, um, I think the last time that we elected a third party candidate might've been Abraham Lincoln in 1860, the Republicans are taking the place of the Whigs. I'm not sure if that's what put them over the over the hump or not, if they were still thought to be the third party or if they had completely taken the place of the Whigs. But the concern I think is, that a lot of people have is that whoever the Republican nominee is, um, this might be like 1992 all over again. Uh, I, I'm sure that Mr. Kennedy is much more attractive uh, candidate and human being than Ross Perot was it's an opinion. Come on, give me a break. But anyway, um, and and Mr. Kennedy did say recently that he thinks he probably would take more votes away from Trump than Biden. And of course, I don't even know if Trump and or Biden are even going to be their party's nominees, but, but you, 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 you understand the the concern here, because as you say, there are other issues out there. Uh, Is that a concern for you?
1: you know not not really i mean uh biden the biden administration has been uh, has done so poorly that i i don't think he has a chance and i i think um it's you know i would love to see trump versus kennedy uh but i I do think they're gonna i mean they have to basically tell biden to step aside and they'll announce whoever their candidate is once we see who that is i'll be able to better assess what 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 Bobby's uh, um, impact will be on the general? Uh, yeah. Right now, I don't I don't think Biden's going to be the candidate. So right now, yeah. it's uh, it's my analysis wouldn't really be worth the paper it's written on because I don't I don't think the guy's going to make it to twenty twenty four in terms of being a candidate.
0: And it, that would not surprise me. Yeah, uh, if if the Democrat power structure moves him uh, aside, and you know Trump with all his difficulties he's dealing with may, may also not be the Republican uh, candidate. Um,
1: you you yeah. know, what disappoints me uh, right now is I, Trump is being, uh, they're, they're trying to remove him from being able to run with these bogus lawsuits that just yeah. violate all sorts of yes, logic freedoms, constitution. I mean, it's a joke Yeah, and I would love to see a Republican uh, candidate uh, support Trump despite, you know, running against him because you know these Trump derangement syndrome people seem to don't understand. If they can do this to Trump, they can do it to anybody. And we don't have a country, so we need to stop this nonsense and rally around the the, the fact that what they're doing to him is unlawful for the most part. in My humble opinion.
0: Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I had uh, I did an interview recently with Cash Patel, um, and yeah, I who is a senior advisor to Donald Trump. And I agree wholeheartedly that that what they are doing to him is outrageous. I know that um, on on some of these indictments, whenever they would drop, uh, Governor DeSantis would would briefly state that this is ridiculous, and and you know we we gotta uh, unpoliticize the DOJ, um, which you know I, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I I think that all of the prosecutions of of trump are outrageous and my concern is that when i asked cash patel about it he said well the supreme court's going to overturn everything because you know one of the things i brought up is that when you have a jury pool in washington dc forget about florida new york whatever but atlanta washington dc jury pool devoted 93% for biden and they just want to throw Trump in jail and you don't, they don't need any evidence. They just want to jail their political opponent. And cash Patel said, well, the Supreme court's going to overturn everything. And, and and, gosh, I hope so. But my concern was that back in late 2020 after the election, when Texas sued several other States, well, the constitution says that that lawsuit, if a state sues one or more other States, has to be heard by the Supreme court and the Supreme court voted seven to two. We don't care what the constitution says. We're not going to hear it, including all three Trump appointees. And so, you know, if he's found guilty of anything, I certainly hope the Supreme court does the right thing, but that would probably be somewhere down the line. So you're right. It is outrageous what they are doing uh, to him. And I, I couldn't agree more
1: yeah and i would just you know the i guess that debate that happened last week with the uh some of the candidates in the republican yeah. gop I, I don't believe i heard any one of them defend trump i wish i, I could have heard you know despite what you, they think about him politically yeah. what happens to him happens can happen to anybody and what, if people don't i don't care if you're a democrat or trump hater if this if this is allowed to stand we don't have a country there's no rule of law and people will act accordingly
0: yeah, you know, you make an interesting point about that because uh, it looked like they were attempting to answer the questions from the moderators, one of whom was coming from a very Marxist position, the uh, the girl from uh, Univision. Um, And so, you know, nobody asked them, hey, so what do you think about these indictments of Trump? For that matter, nobody asked them, what do you think about uh Ah, uh, Trump's uh, curious musings about abortion law—you know—when he was on Meet the Press recently. So, good, bad, or indifferent, the moderators were not bringing up the elephant in the room, which is which is Donald Trump. So, if, if you're a, a candidate who's trying to get the nomination, I mean, what what are you supposed to do in the, in that situation?
1: Well, I, you know, it, it, if I was advising any one of those people, I would say, come out since no one else seems to be defending Trump, you defend Trump on principle. Yeah, Uh, because it's the right thing to do. And you know what? You would go ahead of all the other idiots that didn't say anything. That's my humble opinion.
0: All right. Good deal. Now, uh, Mr. Kennedy recently told Tucker Carlson that the United States government has been making bioweapons in Ukraine. And he said several times that this is a hanging offense. And it takes me back to when uh, Marco Rubio had Victoria Newland under oath and was asking her about bioweapon bioweapons labs in Eastern Europe. And she admitted it, and then they both seemed to kind of smooth it over. Um, but uh your your thoughts about uh Bobby Kennedy Jr. saying that if we're making bioweapons in eastern Ukraine, uh that is a hanging offense.
1: You yeah. know. I haven't done the research, but I know Bobby's good at this. And I, I, if Bobby says it's true, I believe him. I'm with him. And look, let's talk about Ukraine. Ukraine is a morass of corruption, and it's a way for uh, the uniparty establishment to basically grift and uh, give them money. Then the money comes back in the form of kickbacks. The FTX scandal was clearly the funnel by which the Ukraine monies were coming back to the DNC and other uh, other folks, probably in the GOP. The, the, the Ukraine. Is a scam. The whole thing is a scam. Uh, Natalie Winters, uh, who worked with Steve Bannon in the War Room, came out yesterday and said she has documents that show that Victoria Nuland and Blinken are affiliated with consulting firms that are advising the White House that this war can last for decades and how to spend money. So there's clearly there's a grift going on that has been going on, and you know the grift we saw in the Afghanistan, the 20 year war in Afghanistan. We, these are grifts. This has been the problem we have is that uh, the grift has been going on for a while, but it's gotten so big now that everyone wants to, to get involved. And it's 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 apparent to anybody you can see it's a grift.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. And, um, you know, I, I am under the impression, I think I've uh, heard somewhere along the line that um, Hunter and Joe Biden might even be associated with this grift.
1: I, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that suggests. I mean, at this point, it, at this point, there's, you know, wire transfers. Uh, the house, the address of Biden's house was uh, indicated in, in one of the wire transfers. I mean, they got these guys dead to rights. I don't know what the, the fact we're still in a, in a in a media regime that won't touch this is a joke. I mean, to defend this is to basically say you'll defend anything. And then if you're a critical thinking person, you won't believe anything that comes out of these people's mouths. I mean, they're just blowing up their credibility at this point, the mainstream media, Congress, uh, the DOJ, the FBI. It's a joke. I mean, we got wire transfers. I mean, what else do we need?
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and it's, a it's a shame that, uh, what Merrick Garland insists is the thoroughly non-politicized department of justice that, uh, Hands out justice without fear of favor, evenly just can't seem to quite get the Biden connection there. But uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Victoria Nuland uh, right now is the assistant secretary of state for uh, uh, pardon me. She is currently serving as the active deputy secretary of state. But she goes back uh, through the Biden uh, administration, through the Obama administration and even George W. Bush. And some people have said she's just never seen a, a, a war that she doesn't like. Um, but anything, anyway, I, I think you wanted to respond to something there.
1: Well, you know, let's, let's just step back and take a viewpoint of what happened last week. So the, the wire transfer noise on Biden and the indictment coming down was starting to gain traction. Then mysteriously out of nowhere, some judge in New York uh, claims that uh, Donald Trump committed fraud in his business. And even real estate people who are on both sides of the uh, the aisle are saying this is ridiculous. The, the Donald Trump's the twenty-eight million dollar valuation the judge gave to Mar-a-Lago is a joke. Donald Trump did the, the, there's, there's the difference between assessment and market value, and the banks that supposedly were defrauded by Donald Trump have had all their loans repaid and interest paid. So who was defrauded here? So yeah. we have we have this joke media highlighting this as the main story while we have wire transfers to the guy sitting in the seat at the moment. I mean, yeah. I, it could be any more stark as to how lost we are
0: as a nation. Yeah, I mean, if the loans have pay, been paid back with interest, there's no injured party. There's no crime. Right, there's no crime. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, Edward Dowd, I don't know where the time goes, but I appreciate so much you coming on the program today. The book is called Cause Unknown. The epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. I, I recommend it to all of our viewers. Uh, I also, as I said, to start this thing out today, recommend that if you're not on Twitter, you get on Twitter if for nothing else than to follow Edward Dowd's daily news feed about all this stuff. Uh, if people want to find out uh, more about you. I know the, your, your, your company is called Finance Technologies, Finance with a PH, but what's, What's the website for people to go to to, to find out more about uh, what you're doing and what you've accomplished?
1: One word, financetechnologies.com, spelled with a pH. You go to the Humanity Project and we literally have all the receipts on excess death, disability, injury. We link it to the vaccines. We think it's the vaccines. Uh, we have study after study after study. There's so much information there. It will overwhelm you to the point where you'll be asking yourself, Yeah, there's something going on here. And at the very least, let's say it's not the fact. Let's 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 assume I'm wrong. The numbers are the numbers. People are dying in greater numbers now than they did during COVID excessively, especially younger folks. We have more disabled now and we have chronic uh, absence and work time loss throughout our economy. So these are pandemic like numbers. You have to ask the question, why is this being suppressed in the mainstream media? Why are our politicians not talking about the numbers are so bad we should actually have quote-unquote, a pandemic declared, but they don't want to because it's not COVID.
0: Yeah, it's a vaccine. A vaccine. Yeah. And, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Donald Trump keeps on insisting that uh, the vaccines are wonderful, save millions of lives, and that's about the only thing he ever gets booed about by his own crowds at his own rallies. But His
1: advisors need to uh, get me in front of him, and I will. Uh, I will get him up to speed.
0: That would be great. That would be fantastic from, from your lips to God's ears. Absolutely. Uh, Edward Dowd, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, are there any parting words you have for our viewers today?
1: Yeah, look, um, my, my message is the thing doesn't work. It's not safe nor effective. Don't take any more boosters. And if you have loved ones that don't believe uh, or know what's going on, my book is a good primer to get them to turn. I've heard that my book is successful in turning people. Uh, away from the vaccines because I come at it from a different just clinical Wall Street point of view. And that resonates with some people. So don't take any more boosters. Uh, that, that's that's the message I want.
0: Amen. Amen. Edward Dowd, uh, thank you so much. Financetechnologies.com with a PH. Uh, the book again, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And get out there on Twitter if you're not already and follow this young man. Uh, Edward Dowd, Godspeed. We appreciate you coming on the Doc Washburn Show today. Thank you so much. Okay, now it's time for our Tweet of the Day, brought to you by Red River Auto, the big car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere, in the continental USA. Go to redriverauto.com. Tweet of the day. Today's tweet of the day is a a two-parter. First of all, Newsweek magazine tweets out a link to their exclusive article, Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI as 2024 electioneers. I'm shocked. I'm just shocked. Here's what they say. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has created, quietly, a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter. Who might you ask? Are these extremists? Well, of course, Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. Newsweek says... The challenge for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement in our, com- in our country, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters according to classified data obtained by Newsweek magazine. A current FBI official who requested anonymity to discuss highly sensitive internal matters said the FBI is in an almost impossible position. The official said that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism, and any repeat of the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. Oh, you mean the, the setup that the feds mostly ran? That, that attack? Anyway, Newsweek continues, but the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, speak freely, and protest the government. Really? Looks like they forgot that. Quite some time ago. Newsweek says, by focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA, helpfully they say that stands for Make America Great Again, supporters, the FBI official said the Bureau runs the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to counter. Well, golly, Sergeant Carter, as Gomer would say, that's what they want to do. They want to provoke these people. And, you know, if, if you don't understand that, I, I I can't help you. I can't. I don't know what to say. Uh, the great Julie Kelly, a great journalist who's been covering the January 6th situation ever since it happened over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Julie Kelly said in a tweet, responding to Newsweek's tweet, when I started reporting this almost three years ago, and wrote a book warning this was the case. I was called a conspiracy theorist. Now, the FBI is bragging about it. By the way, Julie Kelly's book, she's referring to here, it's called January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. And the book is available everywhere and paperback. I just, uh, I don't know why. I just thought I should share that with you today. Tweet of the day. You've been watching episode 408 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to help our videos be seen by more people. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a Terribly Messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof of a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th Floor, of the Ephemeral B. Smoot building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the 10th, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability of the Doc Washburn Show. Wow. That's the way it was. Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023.